What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Panthers Nation Network. We're hitting this time period now. You know, in the last two, three weeks, like we were talking about last week, you know, is some of the most exciting times for Panthers fans because there's so much, you know, up in the air. There's so much to be hopeful for. Then come September, October, it all comes crashing down like a burning fire. But we had, you know, a couple of productive weeks there. A lot going on in free agency. Now you kind of hit that dip where everything's kind of quieted down. We're still waiting for some of the stragglers. I'm interested to see what they're doing now. I think, you know, we had talked about, I'm trying to remember if it had happened, but by the last time we talked, you know, McCaffrey's restructuring, I think it had just happened. Yeah. You know, that in my mind makes me think that we're still trying to throw a little bit of money around somewhere. Um, you know, I don't really know where, um, but the two guys, you know, we're still waiting to hear on are Cam and Gilmore. You know, it's two of the big, the bigger names we're waiting to hear something about. And it recently came out now, which is no surprise to Shantice and myself. Jeff maybe would be still a bit more uh, against it, but Cam's got offers. He's getting looks. We knew he was getting looks. I don't really know from who. Um, I hope he takes the. I, I hope he takes the route that's going to get him. You know, he even talked about it. He wants to win a championship, and I hope he takes that to, and, and runs with that because it's. I, I'm not. I, I'm the more and more I see from the combines and from Twitter, I don't like our chances for going after Willis, and I don't like the situation. I think Cam would be coming into at the quarterback room. Nah, man, it's just I, th- there's a situation out there for him. I don't think he's here, of course. I just don't – I just can't see him coming back with Matt Rule, a guy that's really desperate to try to get his team over the hump to try to keep his job. We've seen how that went last year. It kind of seems like, you know, we saw how Rule kind of goes after his guys, after losses, that kind of that lack of accountability. I just would rather him not be subjected to that again. But a coach, I don't think can put him in the best position to win again either. I don't, I don't believe there's any championship DNA on this Panthers roster. So Carolina just doesn't even fit the criteria that Cam said he's looking for, if we're being completely, being completely honest. Well, I, I agree. I think the whole – I think that ship has sailed, um, unfortunately. And and I think um, – you know, I don't think him and Matt had the best relationship. At least that's the way it appears somewhat. Um, but, you know, um, I, if, if I'm Cam, I, listen, the AFC is crazy. Go find an NFC team. Go to Seattle. Go, you know – who knows? But I pick a team in the NFC where I think, you know, hey, listen, there's one team, two teams. Other than that, you know, it's wide open. So pick an NFC team if, if they're coming after you. I know um, I, I could see him ended up in Seattle. I really could. But I think it's interesting, too, that Fitterer today talked with Darren Gant of Panthers.com, and his exact quote is, we need a quarterback. And at some point you have to take a shot, especially in the top ten. So – I. I, I don't know. I, I think it's six. Um, if, if if that's what he's saying, I, I, I don't know. And and if you're Sam Darnold, how does that make you feel? I mean, <laughs> it just seems like the quarterbacks here in, in, in Carolina just uh, – they don't get a lot of support. Um, at least it seems like from the coaches and the upper management. So I, I guess we will, we will see. But I thought that was very interesting. Uh, you know, he actually said it's a unique quarterback class because there's not a clear number one, number two, or number three. Like, who's the part proven starter who can come in and play for you? That'll be a conversation we have in the next few days. And see, that's quarterback or left tackle is how he ended it. And see, that's where I like the, you know, the sidelines that Fitter kind of sat on for a while. He got to see the last five, six, seven years where there were clear one, two, and threes that only a third of them paid off or are continuing, are, are still starting right now. And I think that's going to be because if, say, if it were, God forbid, if it were Herney, you know he'd be he'd have been firing on you know whoever first there, and I think the problem is going to become who is making that decision. It's that that three you know because now I got to imagine that that rule and McAdoo are, are are right in sync with their mediocrity and incompetence. They're right there together. They fit hand in hand, and it's like that meme you know the three headed Hydra, and then one of them silly. It's that except there's two of the silly ones, and then it's Fitterer because every time Fitterer talks. I feel good about the future of organization. Every time rule, not even talks now, he's gotten to a point where he doesn't have to say words. He just has to make faces that people can take pictures of from the sidelines during combines and pro days. And he becomes a meme automatically because he's going or, and then all the quarterbacks he's talking to are looking at him like he's a psycho. So that doesn't put any sort of confidence in me and either of them, because we know damn well, if it's either one of them making that call, they're they're taking Pickett or they're taking, um, oh uh, uh, no Corral. They're oh, not taking no. They're not taking Willis. We've talked about this because see Willis is the pick 
for longevity. He's the experimental guy. He's, you know, might not pay off right away, but he's going to get the best chance to be a Lamar, a Kyler Murray, a Russell Wilson. He's your best shot at that, just from what we've seen. But the problem is everything he does, everyone loves. So he's moving his stock up. I could see someone firing on him before six. I really could, you know, shaking things up with the way that everything is right now. Pickett and, and Corral, Pickett is so up and down, I can't get a good grasp on him. But he's that safe option. And he would have, I think, the best chance to have a great rookie year or at least a good enough rookie year to keep Rule's job a little bit longer and then fall off. Same, I think, with Corral. I, I, I hesitate with Corral just because of everything around, you know, the last few years for him. So I think, Jeff, like you said, I think everyone knows they need a quarterback. It's just about who's making that decision. And unfortunately, McAdoo, being the offensive coordinator, did nothing to keep Cam around because I don't think he would use Cam in, in the slightest. You know, Dan, Orl- Dan Orlovsky, I had to think I'm saying his name correctly. He had he said something today that was actually pretty profound. He was like, you know, he said, you know, if you're looking to keep your job, if you're Matt Rule, you can't grab Pickett. Because if you really think you're going to keep your job with keeping a guy that can just only function within a system, it doesn't have any qualities that would make you think this guy could be a star, this guy can really be an elite quarterback in this game then you're not going to then you're not going to last long in this league the only guy that shows those type of capabilities is is Malik Willis now are you willing to invest and put the time into it of course I I would probably say not because we saw uh who who was the guy from uh Chicago that just that that recently uh got fired the the head coach there oh um um, what's his name literally there's so many Chicago fans I follow on Twitter now and I can't remember his name I should be I, I, I can't remember for the life of me but you know he they took Justin Fields last year one year in, loses his job, and so and you know, Fields was supposed to be a guy that they thought they were they, they were gonna ease you know ease into that process, and it, it ended up working against them. And I know Matt Rule's got to be looking at that and saying, I can't risk that if I'm really if I'm seriously trying to keep my job for another season. But if, if I want to have like you said, that long term success, I gotta I gotta go with the guy with the higher ceiling. Matt Nagy is his name. Matt that Nagy. was gonna. That Matt, was gonna. That Matt was. Nagy. I had to because that was gonna piss me off. Because again, because of our former affiliation, I now follow a bunch of Bears fans on Twitter, and every single day it's either complaining about Ryan Pace or Matt Nagy, and I can't take. And I, I don't like them solely because of everything I see about them. I don't want that. And when I saw him get fired, and Rule wasn't fired, I was like, what? What's going on? But I understand exactly what you're saying. Let me throw this in here with the quarterback real quick because I know we got to move on. You know, I listen. Ben McAdoo is a line it up, have a guy who's in the pocket, hand the ball off, play that, you know, we're going to run it down your throat. I mean, he listen, he had Eli Manning and stuff. It's not like, you know, he had guys who were running around everywhere. Um, you know what I'm getting at? So I, it would not surprise me to see Kenny Pickett get the pick and and be that, that you know what I'm getting at, that pocket quarterback and hands off to McCaffrey or Deontay Foreman um, and, and line up and run down your throat and not be, you know, the Lamar Jackson, the Patrick Mahomes type, you know, type type mold. I, I I could see it going that route. But Jeff, you're exactly right when you talk about it. He had Eli Manning there at the end of his tenure. He wasn't teaching that dog any new tricks. He wasn't asking him to do anything that he hadn't done for the last 15 years. Right. So he's not going to have, I don't think he has the capacity or, you know, he obviously could have the knowledge to be able to do so. Any offensive offensive coordinator or head coach should be able to. But the thing that scares me about head coaches moving back into coordinator positions, especially when it's something like him, it's like there's a lot more technical things, a lot more day-to-day things that you have to do that's not big picture stuff. So it's like you have two head coaches that are just sitting there, and whether they did that because they thought, you know, okay, and that's going to be my other big fear is that if rule goes half of the season, they're going to just give him the reins because he's been the most recent head coach but that's the last thing that our organization needs. They're not going to give it to Perry. I don't think, you know, a defensive back coach like they did, but unfortunately now we have a defensive back coach with experience and history on this organization. That's who I'd want to take over. And that's my biggest thing about it's no matter who we pick, they still have to play for these coaches. And that's the thing that scares me. They still have to play for the current staff. And I really would like to know about Fitter's mindset about whether he wants to take guys for the betterment of this organization or would rather take guys that would ensure that the co- the coach that he has been brought into would be out and he can help line up a guy that he would work better with because that was a big thing with Nagy and Pace is they did not go well together. Unfortunately, now Pace is getting all the flack for all the moves he's been making. It's just an interesting scenario all around. There's a lot that, you know, that could, could happen. And the fan base, 
as the Panthers fan base always is, is split on what they want or what they think is right. So we, uh, unfortunately, the three of us, like the Hydra, have fairly similar thought process. We're going to bring in some more people. It's been long overdue since we brought a fan on. We're going to try to do it more. So we've got Jason Brooks coming on to join us. Hey, man, how you doing? Hey, how you guys doing? Appreciate doing all right, buddy. Opportunity. Absolutely. So first off, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, why you're a Panthers fan. Oh, man, I was uh, I was raised in Charlotte, North Carolina. I went to West Charlotte High School right off of Betis Four Road. So speaking of coordinators, my vote was for Pep Hamilton. So Pep Hamilton's a West Charlotte, West Charlotte guy, you know, and uh, I really, really wanted him to come on as OC. But even before that, you know, before Matt Rule, I wanted Eric Bieniemy. So, I mean, we could go in. We can go into so many details or however you guys want to go. We could talk about I've been a fan since 1995. I've lived through Kerry Collins. I've lived through Clawson. I've lived through a whole lot. So we can, we can go wherever you guys want to go with it. Well, first off, starting off, then talk a little about, you know, we've been talking about it, the quarterback situation. Sure. You know, we talked, so, Cam was a, Cam was an anomaly. And for what oh, he did for our organization, we knew that that, you know, wasn't going to last. Do you think with the way we treated him this year, we should even deserve to get him back this year? You know, honestly, I think we brought Cam back for, to bring fans back in the stands, right? That's all it was for, right? It wasn't for the benefit of Cam. It wasn't for the benefit of the team. It was for the benefit of the pockets of Tepper and everybody else, at, at the rulers that be, right? Agreed. I think we treated him unfairly in the begin with, right? We should have never let him go at that point. We should have given him one year with rule, see what happened, and then we should have moved on from there. If we were going to take Teddy Bridgewater, we should have kept him for two years, not one year. You should have kept him for two years. That way we wouldn't be in the position we are now with Sam Darnold. And I don't even want to get into that whole conversation because <laughs> I want to poke my eyes out every time. When we made the trade, I texted my best friend and said, we're going to die. Don't even worry <laughs> about it. We're going to die. You know, I was at the Vikings game. I was at the Vikings game uh, last year, and uh, with my boys, I took my two sons for their first game. Well, my my youngest son for his first game, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, "This is the main reason why we should have kept Teddy. We wouldn't have lost that game. You know, we would not have lost that game, to be honest with you. But the no, quarterback situation—if we do not take Malik Willis, we're idiots. We're that's, absolutely. That's... And if he's not there, then you figure out a lineman, or you trade the pick, and you right. get more picks. Exactly. So you've, like you said, been in since 1995. You've seen, you know, the very few, but still there, the, you know, regime changes, the culture changes. When you look at this one now, unfortunately having to watch your third change of, you know, changing of the guard, do you feel the same as you did kind of in the, when, you know, Rivera was coming in or do you, are you a lot worried now, a lot more worried now? Uh, my faith in Matt Rule is about the faith I have in a five-year-old driving me home on a, on a, on a starry night, right? It's not going to happen. I wasn't a fan when we picked him. The main reason why was we were all trying to draft a Sean McVay type. He's not a Sean McVay type. You know, you want the young coach. You want the vibrant moves. He wasn't the pick. The pick was Eric Bieniemy. You shouldn't have let him walk out the door, to be honest with you. And out of that class that they were draft, out of the class they were trying to pick, McCarthy – I wasn't a big fan of McCarthy either. I didn't think he fit the mold of what we needed in Carolina at the time. I think the main reason the enemy didn't get picked was because of the fact that he really aligned with Cam. And they were from a from the new regime standpoint, they weren't trying to, they weren't trying to have Cam in the building. They thought Cam was too big of a personality, right? I think Rivera was the best coach we've had in history. I, I don't deny that. I think at the back end of his career, his voice became stale. And that was the only reason we had to kind of severed ties, right? It was kind of like that changing of the guard with Steve Smith. We should have never let Smitty go to Baltimore. That was stupid, too. I went to the game in Baltimore and walked out of there embarrassed, but that's a whole other conversation. Oh, I, I cheered. I was happy with that. I was glad we lost that But game. I was in that's the stadium. I was happy Smitty got off, but I was in the stadium, and it wasn't a good look. I'm going to tell you that now. It was not a good look. I wouldn't eat crabs and drink beer in downtown Baltimore afterwards, brother. It was not a good look. You have to just, <laughs> you have to just cinch everything you. up. But I do not like Matt Rue. I don't think Matt Rue's head is – for Charlotte. I don't think his, his his passion is for the game of Charlotte. I think that he uses as a platform to try to get either another head coaching job, a bigger college job, if you will, because the fact of the matter, let's be 100% honest, you're doing a college tour during the time that we're about to go through the draft process. And this is a critical year for us. NFC South, pretty much, besides the Bucks, and I'm not really a big, I'm not really on the Bucks bandwagon. It's kind of open right now, right? We got Breeze gone, Sean Payton's gone. We got Matty Ice gone. For some reason, we can never beat the Falcons at home. That's a whole nother conversation in itself as well. 
So it's kind of wide open right now. This is the year that we need to make it solidify where we're trying to go and the trajectory we're trying to go. And I don't think Matt Rule has the. I don't think Matt Rule has it has it for us. Let me ask. You, let me ask you that because I'm gonna follow up on that. Um, mm-hmm. You have some great insight. You know, my my deal is we've talked so many so many times on the show about them finding their identity. Matt Rule mm-hmm. goes, we're gonna find our identity, which for us, since you've been there since almost day one, has been keep pounding. That's right. Um, you know you and. If you listen to this at all, I'm going to go off a little bit. I'm a Titans fan, but I, I do this because I live in Charlotte and I love the Panthers and I love my kid. Um, I love to talk football. You know, mm-hmm. the Tennessee Titans, you know what you're getting. You know you got Mike Vrabel. You know you're going to get Derrick Henry. You know what the – and it hasn't changed. Right. It hasn't changed in 20 years since the Titans have been around or whatever. Um, that's where my problem is with Matt Rule. He keeps saying, we're, we're, you know, find your identity, find your identity. Do you feel like that keep pounding is just a joke now? Like it's it's not even, you know, it's it's hard for it to even grasp a hold of when we talk about keep pounding, which Sam Mills and it was what what it, what it was. It just seems like it's not there. Right, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think keep pounding is still our mantra. I just think we have the wrong head, right? I think we don't have the general we need. If we're talking keep pounding, you got to look at the grit and the grind of a Smitty. You got to look at the grit and the grind of a Keekly. Like, I wouldn't mind Keekly being our damn head coach at this point, to be 100% honest I with you. I would love that. You know what I mean? I'm going to tell you, since you guys going to be real Panthers fans, let me break it down to you. GM-wise, Brandon Bean should have never left our freaking organization. Ever. Agreed. He was the one I kept telling my friend when we were talking about the scouting years. He was the one that brought in. The, he was kind of the guy that maneuvered all of the. Keekleys and the Olsen. Herney wasn't making that. any of those first round picks. Herney was reading off of a piece of paper saying, all right, Man, this, don't this even one, get yeah. Start with Matt Herney. Matt, yeah. Herney Matt, Matt Herney got paid with bourbon and babes. We're not even going that route. You know what I mean? We're not even going that route. With that. What I really want to talk about is the fact that we let go of young talent in-house. And that's our problem in Carolina. The main problem. We, we so much want to look outside for everything. We've got so much talent in-house that we could have cultivated you know, and made it better. I think, honestly and truthfully, we want to keep it 100. McDermott should have never left the damn organization. Hey, look. You know what I mean? So there's so many moves that we've made in the past, and a lot of it is not on Tepper. A lot of it is on the old regime. I was very frustrated with Jerry Richardson probably the last three to four years and how we drafted and what we were drafting. Why would you draft a lineman out of a D3 school and you've got LSU tackle. You've got an Alabama tackle. You've got a running back out of Florida. Whatever it was, we were going to looking at uh, Walford College, and we were going to look at a D3 school out in South Dakota where they tip cows for a major. You know, we weren't looking at guys that were born and bred to play the pigskin, and that's what I think we're missing. We're missing the grit and the grind and the foundation of what really made us the key pounding major to answer Jeff's question. Oh, absolutely, because you talk about it like, you know, that like 2011 2012 season especially 2012 you know there was Mm -hmm. what six seven games we lost right there in the end of it but and it was frustrating but you knew that it was because we needed the time to build and we were building up to something 2013 14 15 the same year you know last year same thing year before that same thing six seven games but it's because we couldn't do it it's not because we needed there was something missing it's just you're not going to get to that point and i agree with you wholeheartedly because when you talk about letting in talent, you know, in-house talent go, it was funny. It was cute. Everyone thought, oh, the Panthers of the North, that's what the Bills are because they were just taking our hand-me-downs. Then they took our hand-me-downs and made them pro bowlers and first-team all-pros and then got to the playoffs with those players. Even the, the excuse me, I almost did it, the commanders last two years, three years, that coaching staff is Ron Rivera and Panthers coaching staff. That's not new faces. And they were still making weight. And obviously their division was not, you know, but – that like that's where I find issue with it is like you talked about you know shying away these guys that we didn't need to and it was on the old regime but Tepper did not help. I think we all should have paid way. I, I I think we should have made much more of a fuss when we realized and looking back at it that he instead of filling the position of GM that was interim and was supposed to be interim that for lasted for three years and giving the head coach at the time an actual GM to run with, he fired the head coach first and then still led the new head coach go with the interim GM before hiring, you know, Fitterer. The, the gap between that was way too much of an impact for the time that he got. And that's where I think Tepper has some issues in that regard as well, because you can't do that to a, when you're trying to change regimes. If you're going to do it, you got to do it all. You got to clean full house. 
Yeah. I think I think the main reason Tepper kept Hernia around is because Tepper had no ties to the city. So how do you get ears to the city? How do you get to make these moves that he's made? And don't get me wrong, I, I thoroughly I thoroughly applaud him for bringing Major League Soccer to the city. I thoroughly applaud him from actually folding into South Carolinas into the Carolinas and what he's trying to do there. I know there's some sticking points now from what I understand. But for the most part, I think I, I think he kept Herney on as a bridge, right? But he, to your point, he kept him on too long. We should have already been trying to see who do we want the next hottest and greatest thing. And I think so often as Panthers fans, the most frustrating thing is we're always late to the party. We show up a year or two late mm-hmm. in what we're trying to do. So I'm jealous of Jeff because they've got Vrabel, right? A Belichick disciple, that's probably going to be the only one that's going to be worth anything, right? I think Josh McDaniel is going to screw Derek Carr all the way up. I don't think they're going to be worth what, what they what, worth their money in gold, right, um, when he's done. I think he'll probably – I mean, McDaniel, I'm sorry. He'll probably last, what, three, four years? And he'll be like, I guess you got to go, right? Vrabel if they can't is, make Adams – if he can't get Adams and Carr to work well together when they right. only played in college together, if he can't make that run – then there's nothing he can do as right, a coach. But name another Belichick guy out there that has really done anything, right? And and that's what I'm saying. Vrabel, to me, as a player, is the epitome of that kind of grind and grit that you want in your in your locker room. So yeah. Keekly reminds me of that. We Sniddy. need a linebacker at head coach like Romero. That's what exactly. we need. A, we need a linebacker to go there. Basically, basically. What's it we're talking about? Coaches, well, is there an actual list? Do you actually have a guy that you, that you would want to bring in? Because I know for me – Byron Leftwich since he didn't get the job in Jacksonville. Boom. That's a I guy like I want to bring in. It, especially that's already savvy offensively. And this league is moving to an offensive mode. Right. We've never had that type of coach in our, in, in our ranks. So I would I would love to have a guy like that. Top three off the top of my head, young guns I like. Leftwich is one. Honestly, Pep Hamilton. I'm I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm I'm I've been singing it, I've been posting it. I actually emailed the Panthers a couple of times. I think they ignored it. Um <laughs> and I know the Charlotte. That's Zerby the real dedication. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Pepper, I, I really think bringing Pep home does a lot. I like what he did at Stanford. I like what he did with Cutler in Chicago. Um, I, I also like what he did up in Michigan. You know, he's he's been around. He's been in the league. He's been in college. He can definitely develop a player. And he knows how to speak the language. I like Bianini. I don't know why he hasn't gotten a, a, a hat tip off to him. I like him as well. Outside of that, I mean, there's a lot of young people out there. I mean, back in the day, to be honest with you, if we would have done it right, I would have brought in Marty Schottenheimer as GM and let him bring his son in, Jason, back in the day, right? That was one thing I was saying, you know, underneath, I was like, if we could get the Schottenheimers in here, it's a different ball game. If we could have gotten, uh, what's my man from the Steelers who lived in Raleigh? Oh, my God, he's on CBS. Oh, my God. Cow, they should have jumped on Cow when they had the chance. Yeah, we should have got Cow back. Like I was, I was like, why are we not talking to this guy? See, I thought it was great when we had it, and of course, with the, the age of it, we it didn't work out as much, and the season didn't work out because of when Cam got injured. But my since you know the Rivera regime, my favorite coordinator, and I wish we'd have kept him because I think his son had potential was Norv and Scott Turner. I loved Norv Turner with Cam back that 2016, right after the Super Bowl, because that right. was one of the more explosive offenses Cam has had up until the literal death of the Panthers organization in Pittsburgh that this apparently mm-hmm. just put derailed everything. But I would understand, like, I agree with what you're saying. I would even maybe, you know, Kellen Moore, the minute he gets done, the Cowboys kind of fell off a little bit, but the way they were running the beginning of the year, I think that's just the Cowboys effect to not be able to hold out all season. The things I saw from him with what that offense had, I thought looked good for, I mean, with having Cooper and then having CeeDee Lamb, the way their offense ran, including Tony Pollard and Zeke hand in hand, because that's what we need. The problem is we have all these weapons, and that's what we thought that you know um, uh, at Brady was going to be was this guy that could use everyone. He the puppet master. He could mix and match every all these different things. Do these reverses, these double plays. Right. Nothing. Absolute. Absolutely nothing. But to be fair, I guess with Brady, I thought when you when you paired him with Cam, you paired him with a guy that can do a little bit more offensively. I started to see the light flicker a little bit. They didn't let it last long because no. you got to bite out of there. After because that. the minute they right. stopped what they liked, they stopped doing it with the dual quarterback system. Right. But the problem with Brady was, I think, he was too college-oriented in his play calling to me. I didn't think he showed enough panache and finesse and weaving in the NFL game with the college game. Yeah, you can run an option on the goal line in college and you're going to get in. You're not going to get on the side 
with a Von Miller sitting right there, dude. You're not going to get there with an Aaron Donald breathing down a subpar line. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. Not even on your best Sunday. But you mentioned you talked about, you know, we've always been a few years behind, and that's what I think made Cam so amazing was because that we hit the ground running, you know, in the revitalization of the mobile quarterback. We – that we started the mold of that, of course, we never got the recognition for it. Everyone thought it was RG3 or Russell doing it, but it was Cam doing it, and that's what made it more upsetting. And I, I don't know what you know that wave is, but you're right. And now you talked about especially taking over the NFC South. Well, breaking news, finally, we got it to break during the podcast. Well, not we Ten <laughs> minutes after, Bruce Arians just retired. No way. Yep. Just retired. So Wait a minute. So Tom comes back and Bruce leaves? Well, yep. I think I think Bruce well, was a big reason as to why Tom left. Well, but well, two things. A, congratulations, to Todd Bowles. Yeah. Oh, so he got the head coaching nod. He got the head coaching nod. Oh, yeah. thank goodness. Um, so that's amazing. Kudos for them. Uh, you know, Tom hasn't signed anything yet, has he? Has he done anything like? He's I still mean, in the contract. I thought though. I thought his contract was still valid up until if he ever came back. He had like what two years left. I think it was like the Gronk thing. I don't think there was ever an extension. I think he could retire, but then if he were to unretire, I think he had to language in it. I I think there was language in it because, like, yeah, everyone said it, but there was no like confirmation. And the fact that Bruce didn't even know, and the Bucks didn't even know he was coming back. There was no discussions for it as to when he was retiring or coming back. I think ultimately he will because if something were to happen, I feel like it's going to either happen. It's got to happen in the next, you know. 30 days because then the Bucks got to figure out what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where I like, I wonder that was what was always the biggest thing with me with cam is that the AFC or NFC South never paid him any attention. You'd think Atlanta his hometown, maybe we wouldn't go to that route. And they basically did with Marcus Mariota, who maybe just is a bit more consistently healthy, I guess, if you could say that for Mariota or the saints who had to play against him, but I guess you're going to go after Jameis. But if he goes down again, because they just said that Taysom Hill is not a quarterback. I think something we've been saying for the last five years because we don't we don't like Taysom Hill that much. Nah. But I don't understand why the NFC South wasn't looking at Cam more. And well, Atlanta's been rumored out. to be oh, in the mix. Well, Atlanta's been rumored to be in the mix. They they talked to him. I don't know how, how serious. So they Cam are. to the Bucks. So one like thing about right. Cam is I will tell you is him going home is not going to be beneficial for him. You know he needs to be away from Atlanta. I mean I love Cam. My biggest knock on Cam coming out was he wasn't going to put the necessary work in to be where I, I thought he could go. And that and that's just, I'm going to be honest with you. I love Cam, one of the greatest quarterback, if not the greatest quarterback in Panthers history. Um, you know, barring Jake DeLome, and I say that tongue in cheek, right? <laughs> um, but, you know, let, me, let, me, let me just, I, and, I, and I go this route because I'm the old guy. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, literally at the end of the day, you're going to get, and it's, I hate to say it that way, there's the fans who think Jake's the best that ever played. Right. They're the ones Never. that say Cam does. And really, they both went to Super Bowls. They both, I mean, but Jake was just this, and, and I agree with you, Jason, a little bit what you just said there. The biggest problem I had with Cam coming out was the very first thing he said was, he goes, I'm an entertainer. Yep. I'm not yep. a football player. And from that moment on, it kind of hung with him. But as I've told, you know, Shantice and Jack and Tyler women on the show, I've appreciated the way he's grown as a human being. Oh, for sure. I appreciate the way that he's matured and the way he's grown up. For sure. Um, and, and I saw it a little more in the, the last part of, you know, the last couple of years and stuff where he'd go to the sidelines and he'd be looking at, you know, the the surface, seeing what's going on. You know, you see with a towel, he'd get the crap with a towel over the head, over on the sidelines or whatever. There was that growth. I just was never sold on the fact of was he going to put in enough work. Granted, the, the physicality. Unbelievable. You know, we, we know that. And so, but it was it ever going to get to that point. And even now, I, I just don't know, you know, he's got to find the right spot because his delivery has never been great. Yeah. He changed his game way too late. Right. He should have changed his game by year three. Right. I, so when you yeah. talk, that's why Lamar Jackson is such a, such a, such a, such a beast. He changed his game from year one to year two. He was night and day. Yeah. Right. First year he was Cam Newton rookie through his fifth year, his second year. Lamar damn near looked like Randall Cunningham out there. Took the switch, man. You know what I mean? And it was it was exactly it was that he was finesse. He knew when to run. He was more accurate. He put the work in on his footwork and reading defenses. He was learning how to call audibles on the fly. He was incorporating so many different things, and that's what makes him tough. You can't guard that man. I mean, 
I'm interested to see what Deshaun Watson looks like. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm interested to see what D Watt looks like coming coming back because if he's anyway, his body is probably in rookie form right now. He's gonna look good, and if, if he's put in the work that I think he's put in, being being what he's been through, it's gonna be a problem. So, what was your thought process there? Were you happy we didn't go with him? Did you yes. Want him? 235 million dollars guaranteed man please i can't give you that <laughs> no, i cannot give you that because he could be sitting in jail in six what? months and still have to get that money if, unless they sue not him. only that but not only that they were trying to take our whole defense are you serious i'm not giving you brian burns i'm not giving you chan i'm not giving you jc and i'm not giving you three first round picks it was we never worth it. Donald, we gave a golden ticket for sam Donald. the jets are going to be a beast in the next three years because of us you might yeah. as well call them the panthers north you know, and, and don't, do that. don't wish that evil on us again, please. Well, don't. <laughs> well, you know, and with Deshaun, I mean, granted, the criminal stuff's kind of gone away or whatever, but nobody says the NFL's not going to suspend him for a year. But they talked about that today. They talked about I mean, that today. You know, I mean, they, they, people they, have been they, suspended they, for a lot less. They got to walk a very fine line um, of how they handle this because mm-hmm. of the female growth of the fans and stuff, the population of female fans. You got to tread lightly. Um, oh, have you guys seen the deposition that leaked? Oh, no, I, haven't, I haven't read. It. I haven't read it yet. My buddy was talking no, about it. It was a video, and it it wasn't great. Really, he was, he was, was the statements good. he was making. It was what you would think you would try to make in that regard, but the way he said it, and right. like almost like a disdain about it, and it just yeah, it, you just you just can't. It's just the behavior was odd. As 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 all I rest, all I really say the the behavior is just odd, and I can see the NFL. As far as conduct, conduct-wise, he's I. It's very hard to honest. see him playing for seventeen games. Bro. You can't have that many people come out and then not be smoked. I'm I'm sorry. I agree. You said that one. We said one. Maybe two. I want I want him to be innocent, but one anybody. Two? You got yeah, five or ten people saying the same thing, like right there. It's smoke. Twenty-two. I mean, like, yeah. no. There's just. There's no way around. And that's where I think, and especially for our organization, with everything we had to go through with Jerry Richardson and just now regaining, you know, the yeah. trust of, of of those demographics in our league. I mean, I, I it would just have been, it would have been a dumpster fire. Sure. But, I mean, but yeah, building off of what you said about, you were talking about Lamar, we were talking about, you know, potential quarterback situations. And maybe if we were to not do anything this year, a particular Ravens quarterback runs out his rookie contract this upcoming season and they have yet to give him that fifth year extension would you be willing to break the bank on trying to get lamar you know what i would i would roll the Grinch truck up myself i will get out with i would get out with some ribs and everything from carolina i give him all the carolina moonshine he wants what you need come on down home we got you the only difference with that matt rule cannot be the coach no no well we get him matt rule McAdoo, McAfoo, and the rest of the, the rest you of know, those two, they got to go. Let me jump in there. You're right on the point there because here's what always got me. Um, and, and, and growing up and, and being a Titans fan, I loved Marcus Mariota. And what kind of destroyed and, – and it's really a kind of time – you know what I'm getting at? Kind of with the African-American quarterbacks, the guys who can – the Cam Newtons, the Marcus Mariotas. I go back to Steve McNair, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Vick. You talk about them. Let them be who they are. There were times where Marcus Mariota had the ball for the Titans and it was a parting of the Red Sea in front of him. And I'm like, run. But they get in this mentality, and you mentioned Rule and McAdoo. They would get Malik Wilton, they would try to make him a pocket passer. They would get him into this, you know, pro style offense and not let him do what he wants to do. And and that's where the Seahawks and, and the and the Ravens have done it right because they didn't try to pigeonhole Lamar or Russell Wilson to doing these different things. You talked about it, Jason, about Cam not changing his game late enough. We remember we saw it after year three or four. They tried to keep him in the pocket more, if you remember, and it didn't work out. So then they said, okay, you know, and it was, you know, okay, now maybe go back to do what you're supposed to do. So then, at the age he was, he was trying to then become a more mobile quarterback again. So now in his mind, it's like a freaking jumble. And you saw it this year too. There was that hesitation or throwing those passes that those la- his downfall was when he felt, you know, his downfall was always feeling he needed to be the hero because for a lot of times he was the whole offense. He was playing in 2017 with a, you know, law firm of wide receivers that he had to deal with, but you talk about it and Jeff mentioned it too. And not necessarily even like the head coaches, but having that many offensive coordinators in a row, Cam had what five offensive coordinators? I think well, he started Maybe. with he started with Chuzix, uh, Rob Chuzinski. He had Chuzix first, right? Then, then he had Shula. more of a turn. No Shula, no, then Shula. Shula. Yeah. Wow, and then, I forgot all about Shula. Wow, that's oh, 
We don't forget about Shula. We don't forget about what he did and the and the halfback reads he would call every play. Because I'll tell you why we did it. Anyone who knows, Shantice and I went to South Carolina. We had Shula at the exact same time. Who? What was the offensive coordinator's name? Oh, I don't. Is it Kurt Roper? Kurt. I just I just cringed a bit. Kurt Roper. And I kid you not, they both would start their drives the exact same way. Every first down, it was a re, it was a halfback read. No matter where we were on the field, no matter what was going on, it was a halfback read. They both did it. So those two oh, are on my, are, you know, my bleep list. I, I cannot stand them. So that's the problem, Jason, though, that you talked about. And that's what would be the problem with Matt Rule or Ben McAdoo. That's the thing. If Rule goes, McAdoo's out. So yeah, my fear, though, here's my fear with that. We start off this season, let's say, two and two. Then we go, we lose the next four to five games. They're, they're I gone. I see Tepper firing Rule and putting McAdoo in the interim head coaching. See, guy. that's my fear and too. That is, and I'm gonna tell you, you talk about disaster on disaster. You might as well just say, you know what? Let's just tank. I hate to say hey. the word. Oh, hey, well, speaking of tanking, you know, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, those guys are coming out. Who are the next crop of quarterbacks do you really like? Because for me personally, I'm not as high on Bryce Young as everybody else seems to be. Mainly just because of the size. I just don't see that translating over to the league well. I see a worse Tua. You, you know, honestly, I don't really have – I haven't really – you know, I'm a Florida State fan, so I haven't watched college football like that since understand Bobby Bowden left. I've been sick for a long time. <laughs> so I haven't really been paying attention to college football like that. But for real, honestly, if we don't really look at Malik Willis – I'm going to say it. We're going to regret it. I think the kid has the upside. I've talked to a lot. My family's from Atlanta. And I didn't realize that he was touted better than Trevor Lawrence when they were coming through at the same time. I didn't realize that he was. So I went to Old Dominion. So when we got Taylor Heineke, right, Taylor Heineke, I was at the game when he threw for 780 yards, that 795 yards, and he did that comeback. I was there. I actually left halftime because I thought we were going to lose and went to the bar. And I was mad that I left. <laughs> I'm sitting there, I was like, this is the greatest football game I think I've ever seen in my life. Well, I say that to say Georgia kid, underrated, undersized, was not looked at as being a pro quarterback. The man showed you he's a winner. I think Malik Willis has that in him. I think the difference is with Malik Willis, he's willing to learn. He's willing to come in. He's willing to adopt the practices that's going to make him not only an efficient quarterback, but a great quarterback. If you give him the correct coach, I don't exactly. think Rule has it. I don't think McAdoo has it. I think we're going to have to, to your point, Tiz, I like the Brian Leftwich piece. I even more like, I don't think, I think Bianami's waiting on Andy Reid. I'm going to be 100% honest. I think Andy Reid's probably got another year or so. And he's been mm-hmm. probably been told, hey, you're going to around. Yeah. You're gonna, yeah. yeah. Just, just hang tight. If he doesn't, the, the rioting that will ensue. Oh my God! Could you imagine what Kansas City is going to be after that? Well, if it's in Kansas City anymore and they don't move it somewhere else in the Kansas, exactly, Chiefs. exactly. But I think one one big mistake, and I think that we we haven't spoke about. I don't know if you guys have said it yet. I think Tepper's doing himself a disservice with the with the public. I think Tepper has got to stop being I'm the boss, I'm the owner, and really dive in and lean into the issues that the Panthers fans are stating. These are our issues. We gotta fix this. And you need to figure it out fast. Well, you know what I mean? Along those lines, like Jim Irsay of the Colts. Oh my God, don't even get me started. You already said about wins today? Yeah, he just said, we're done. We did. We made a mistake. He wasn't, the guy, he wasn't the guy to lead us. And that's fine. And, and that's fine. We've all talked about how the temper carries himself as if he's not going to jump off of any decision he makes. He, he wants to stay in long, as long as he can to, to really just prove himself to be right to everybody else, it seems like. Sure. You know, he doesn't want to swallow his pride. And you talk about it, especially they could have gone two different ways. And I pray whenever he does try to find a head coach, he takes that PI that he hired and puts him to work to find a new head coach instead of whatever he was doing the first time around. But the thing with Mike Willis that like, if this was the old regime, you know, the, the, for everything that all the flaws that it did have, the one thing that it did, you know, instill was, character and class mm-hmm. in the guys they had sure. they were taken other than you know the greg hardy or you know the um some of the other issues they've had over the years the people that you know greg td cam mm-hmm. smitty you know these jonathan stewart these upstand- what 
Moose and Muhammad. Yeah, these, ups, yeah, these upstanding yeah. guys. I mean, Sam Mills, you know, the list, I could literally go all day. And every city can say, oh, we had, you know, the most classy play. Like, but the Panthers, they exuded that. And the old regime, that's, they would jump up Willis in a heartbeat because as we saw, not only on the field, but off the field, at even that age, he has exuded that he is a that kind of guy. So if Tepper wants to do something to bring back to, to it would be, it would join both generations of Panthers fans together to say okay this is a guy we can get behind and i think it's been the most unified panthers fans have been in a while i just again i don't know i just i can't see them make that i i'm really worried about it because we're gonna go pick it we're gonna go pick it i guarantee you if 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 malik goes to if malik goes to i could see us panicking i could see us panicking oh absolutely we go pick it but i guarantee you if we get corralled I am wearing my jersey inside out for the next 10 years. I promise you. Or they'll go I get a promise you. I'm going to sit at the doghouse and take shots of Crown Royal and in front of the game and refuse to buy a ticket. And or, they'll go get a corner, or they'll go get a cornerback. Don't, hey, don't, don't do that. Let me ask Jason a question, though. So you've been sure. around and stuff, and um, we talk about the history and stuff, and whatever happens on the offensive side of the ball, do you still have faith in Christian McCaffrey as a runner? <laughs> Ooh, give me a second. Give me a second. Let me let me get myself together here. So I love CMC. I love him to death. But in order for me to love you, you got to play, brother. Yep. Now, sidebar to that. Why the hell did we let Mike Davis go? Why? Did, I have said this for the last five years, and the Saints proved it. It's a two-back system. There's no way around it. So, hey. If he's getting hurt the way he's getting hurt, that should tell you his workload is a little bit heavy. Mike Davis ran that offense pristine. We didn't miss CMC. But see, it was um, the Hassan Reddick. It was the Hassan Reddick syndrome. You ball yeah. out, you got to get paid, and yeah. we were not willing to pay him. I get it. that's exactly why. But I say this about CMC. I want to keep him, but I can't keep you for the price tag, brother. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I, can't. I, yep. I can't keep you, and I hate to see you go. And I want you to succeed. I think you've gotten a raw deal. At the end of the day, your price tag is a little bit steep for your performance. It's a, it's a pay. It's, it's what have you done for me now? Late, you know, lately, league, and honestly, two years, eight games, maybe. Yep. Yeah. Is it eight games? Is it even eight maybe? Games? maybe. I, well, it, three, no, I don't even think it's eight. Three this season, maybe. Oh God, maybe less. Than three that, last season. Yeah, maybe yeah. like five. Maybe only oh, six. Out. He came yeah, back so for the Chiefs game. He you came know, to the Chiefs game. That was it. So yeah. to answer your question, Jeff. So to answer your question, Jeff. I want to keep him by, even though we restructured his deal. I would use him as trade bait. Yeah, I. You know, I sit there and go. Um, now I, I'll talk about Derrick Henry. <laughs> uh, my boy didn't Derrick, but like the same thing. Like here's the gist, though, and, and the Titans proved it some this year. And listen, I think Deontay Foreman's a great pickup for the Panthers. Yes. Let's See, that's the boy. We're not talking about that. Shh. That's our secret. Shh. The, the boy, <laughs> as a Titans guy, who here's the deal. As a Titans fan, I sat there for eight games and forgot about Derrick Henry because we had two guys running the ball that proved if you have the right system, you have the beef up front. Mm-hmm. Listen, you can mm-hmm. run the ball in the NFL, and I mean, it, I, I don't want to say he's a he's he, he is a cheaper version of Derrick Henry. And that's okay. And that's well, okay. Where did he come from? So let me ask you a question, Jeff. Wasn't he with the Texans? Yes, he was. That's what I because I was talking to somebody when Duke Johnson went down. He got off, right? Yeah. And then I, they didn't oh, pay yeah. him. And then he went to Tennessee, right? Yeah. I forgot. That's what that. I told somebody. I was like, dude, and Vrabel, that's a steal. Vrabel, that's a steal. It's like the Olsen steal. And, and when you talk about running back, so and I agree with you, Jason. I think for what CMC's worth, I mean, Derek had the broken foot. I get it. But CMC, when you played five or six games in two seasons, and I know you're great, but here's the gist, too. And you're right. When they let Mike Davis go, there's a point when you have this little guy running between the tackles, time and time and time, he's going to get hurt. Give the ball to a Mike Davis. Give it to a Dante Foreman who can get up the middle and hurt somebody. It, I got something else, Jeff. I got something else, Jeff. And I'm not even a coach. I used to play. I only played football up to eighth grade. But if your line sucks, why don't you, don't you have a fullback? Why don't you have a fullback? Like, I have never understood why we never had a fullback. You don't think Giovanni Ritchie is the guy? <laughs> okay, Jack, we're going to have to talk off camera. Well, who, wait, who was who, 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 No, but no. Uh, what was the guy? Who was our Tober. No, Tolbert. 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 No, before that, um, back with Delon with them. Hoover. 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 Oh yeah. Brad Hoover. Yeah. But I'm no. saying we haven't had. I'm saying the whole time Cam was getting killed, 
I don't know why we didn't put a fullback in there. But the mentality is, the mentality is watch the NFL on Sunday. We don't even line guys, quarterbacks under center anymore. That Everything's got to be, you know. But and, see, Jason, and that's, that's, Jason, that's why we have tight ends now. We don't have tight ends for passing. Well, we signed Ian blocking. Thomas for what reason? Ian Thomas is not – we should not have given him that money. And why is P.J. Walker on the squad? Can somebody please explain to me why we gave him a one-year deal? I can play the – Give me the one-year deal and let me go out there. I'll go out there and throw you interceptions for life. Because he's from Temple. Years. He's from – you think Matt Rule is going to cut his son from the team? No, he's not going to do that. That's why – and, and, and that's exactly why Kenny Pick is about to get drafted at six. Exactly, because not only <laughs> is he Temple, but he played for Pitt. You don't think yeah. Tepper was well, – you don't think Tepper knew who he was well before oh, sure, he got this – Sure, He knew exactly who he was. I, I said to somebody, when we hire Rule, better watch out. I see Steve Spurry. That's exactly what I said. I said, you better watch out. I see Steve Spurry. I said, now, I get me, don't get me wrong. He talked about the nutrition. He talked about the whole, I'm going to bring in this whole new regime. I got this whole thing. Then I looked at his coaching staff, and I was like, we don't have yeah. anybody from the NFL. What, what did I see? I didn't see Spurrier. I saw, I saw more Will Muschamp. That's who I saw when we brought Ooh. him up. <laughs> from day, Jason, from day one, I agree with you there. I always said, listen, the Panthers – Three coaches from defensive to offensive coordinator, head coach, zero NFL. That's right. Zero. That's right. You know, Mike Vrabel's never been a head coach, but he was a defensive coordinator. I mean, they were. You take a look at the teams that are successful, and they've been there, and they've got. There was nobody. There's That's no right. one. Now they got Steve Wilkes. Thank the Lord. He should. I'm been. glad he came back, but I wonder if we hired him for sympathetic reason. That he better get a real. He better get a real. Uh, see, I'm. See, he better I'm get a real chance this time. Because that's the guy I need to take over. If there you go. That's what there I'm saying. Go. Instead of McAdoo, you, you know, pounding? the restaurant. What? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you want to keep that the actual Panthers mantra in place, I got to embody that. Steve Wilkes is the guy exactly. on the staff that, that can get that done. Exactly. And a West Charlotte guy. And a West Charlotte guy. And a Charlotte guy. So that's why I said Pep coming home, Wilkes in D.C., I can see that. I can see it I can see that. Man, thank you so much for coming on and talk to us. This has been really great having you on, getting to hear from someone, you know, that like like Jeff and like, you know, you've, you've had that whole experience of the Panthers organization. You know, we remember it, but it, only only about so much. I'm not going to date myself, but you've been a you've been a Panthers fan longer than I've been alive. So <laughs> we're going to we're not, we're not going to talk about that. But, you know, it's always fun to have you all on and we want to get more of you all on as we're going before we get some fans on, though, we're going to have an announcement coming up of who we're going to get coming on as a special guest next week. Stay tuned for that drop as we're going to have that coming out here in the next few hours, I think, is when that's going to drop. Yeah. But uh, that this one, we got another interview coming up next week, y'all, that y'all are going to be really excited about. But just, you know, wrapping up as we've been talking about, there's a lot that's going on. This is a tumultuous year for the Panthers and a real, a, a real characteristic year for the Panthers, and a lot could change. This is the regime, regime change that, you know, it's, it's got to make or break it right here. And they're at that crossroads, if you could do something, the NFC South is ours for the taking. Clearly, as we just saw, you know, the Bucks with what they've been doing, the Saints, the, the, the Falcons, it, it'll be very interesting to see where all we go from this. And, and Shantice and Jeff, I want to hear y'all's final thoughts, you know, before we, uh, before we head out. Main thing is, man, we, we, we all know what it's coming down to is, can you, can you figure out the quarterback position? Me personally, if Willis isn't there, you got you got to go offensive line. You, you just look. They they've set that money aside because they they have said they're gonna bring in a quarterback. Where, which way they do it is up to them. But there's too many offensive linemen in this draft that can be a staple. We haven't had that elite guy since George Bros. You, how 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 much longer can you keep having a rotating door at that left tackle position before you finally settle on a guy? I'm just Evan Neal, Ikiakuanu from literally See, three, Evan, not even. Evan, Evan Neal's my guy. That's, that's I, who I want. He's and especially if you think about it, him and um, uh, not Nixon, but uh, Deontay uh, Brown. Deontay Brown. Yeah. Together, the two of them, they were just on a roster together. They could be you. What is the biggest thing about offensive line? And Jeff will tell you, chemistry. chemistry. Knowing what the guy next to you is doing, and you not having to worry about that. You want some guys with chemistry right there, but also Icky. Only coming from two hours away, been in the state forever. I would love to have him as well. Charles Cross, you know, he's he's another guy that I, I would like to see. But also, there are still guys in free agency. It would cost a little bit more money, but you have, you know, Dwayne, yeah. a bit older guys, your Brian Belugas, your Dwayne Browns. There's still some Panthers, guys that we should never let go. Norwell, Turner, 
uh, uh, Daryl Williams, guys we should have never let go, that we could easily bring back. We could fill the whole left side of the line with all former Panthers guys that we need. Turner didn't do great in Pittsburgh, but I don't think that was the right fit for him. Norwell's been a guy. I don't know why they have not given him that money yet. But regardless, there are ways you could go for offensive line if you didn't want to use your draft pick for it. They have to do it somewhere, though. If you're not going to give money to Gilmore or Cam, why you wouldn't do that, I don't know. But if you're not going to do that, there are holes we need to fill that we only have so many draft picks. Like we were saying, so either you trade it, you get them, or you go offensive line. I don't really know. Jeff, we'll, we'll, we'll let you you'll wrap it up. I, You know, it's – who knows? I mean, literally – That's knows? the perfect way to wrap it up. I mean, that could wrap it up. That, but, I mean, for me, you got you, – you just – you got to go quarterback. You've got to. You cannot – if Malik Willis is there and you pass and you take Kenny Pickett – they will burn this city down. So help me God. And and, and it just is. <clears throat> I mean, like uh, Jason was talking about, who did a great job, by the way. Um, okay, yeah. You can get Malik Willis, but if you don't have the coach to coach him and to run a system <clears throat> that allows him to be him, you're going to ruin him. You're going to break him. Yeah. And, and so it's that fine line of, you know, where, where I, I don't know. I mean, I think you got to go quarterback. You just, we can't have. Darnold or PJ or and and Cam probably is not going to be here. So you you got you, you have to you, you just have to have an offensive lineman is not going to fill the seats. Yeah. An offensive lineman is not going to do a damn bit of good. Excuse my French. If you still got Sam Darnold back there throwing the football, makes sense. Yeah, I can so, tell you how we're going to know. We're going to know if we have not re-signed Cam by the draft we're not picking willis i just don't i don't think we would because i think the biggest the biggest sign or you know the biggest draw we'd have for cam is to come with willis like you said we don't have the offensive coordinator but cam and willis know each other incredibly well and if there was any way we talked about cam's you know transformation over the years he's become the guy that he's okay i think under the right circumstances yeah. helping train this. He's not your Aaron Rodgers saying, shut up, Jordan Love, don't talk to me, or Tom Brady trying to send Jimmy Garoppolo out to see. <laughs> I think he would want to foster success for Willis, but I don't see a way where if – then if you have Willis, you're not going to have Willis and Darnold in the same quarterback room. I do not it, see that being the case. doesn't make any sense to It have makes zero sense because those are two completely different quarterbacks and different systems you need to run. Now, if, they, if Darnold is still on the team – because I'm assuming PJ is going to be gone regardless. I don't see any way where we could have PJ Darnold and a draft pick or PJ Darnold and Cam yeah, again. I don't, I don't think Darnold makes, I don't think PJ makes it through camp, honestly. I don't think he makes I, it through the preseason. Well, I'm hoping he goes before that so we can clear up money for Cam. I'm sorry. I, I like it was a cool story and you're a home, you're a temple kid, but I just, you're not doing anything for me right cute. now. It, it was, yeah. <laughs> and I wanted to give you the chance. We're always going to be proponents for, you know, having guys like him in that spot didn't work out but so if we have if sam's on the team because who could sam easily back up what kind of quarterback would sam easily be able to back up can he pick it can he pick it can he pick it so that's i think that'll be your indicator right there i hope i'm wrong i hope i'm wrong that's a phrase i've said a lot with this organization and it has not helped us out but like we said and unfortunately since the draft seems like it's a year away still we're gonna have to keep waiting and keep pounding.